What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. I'm your host, TJ Reed, and this is episode 101. We have finally made it to the 100s. I am so excited. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. We are here. Uh, we're back here with Jess Reed of The Keto Fit, theketofit.com. And we are talking about living a life of no regrets. I hope you had the opportunity to listen to part one. There are some good nuggets in there of wisdom. Uh, and we, we really tackled in that first podcast about having the courage to live a life true to yourself and not the life that others expected of you. And so it was just a great uh, conversation and a discussion. We're back here with Jess. We're going to talk about a couple more of these uh, in today's episode. I hope that you'll listen in. Uh, Jess, welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> I, I want to apologize for the last episode, my Tyler Perry uh, uh, book illustration. <laughs> We were laughing about it as we finished that one because I uh, looked at each other and I said, that made absolutely no sense. And so um, sorry to all of you out there that were wondering what the crap I was talking about during that last thing. Uh, I, I did live a life of regrets with that last episode in <laughs> that illustration. And so um, uh, I, go, go get his book, Hire is Waiting. It was so much better than the way that I expressed it. And I don't know that I had processed it well enough. But um, so, yeah, there we go. Uh, just wanted to come clean on that one, but uh, okay. So let's get back to these. Uh, we're talking about the top five regrets of the dying things that when people get to the end of their life, what are those things that they look back and go, man, I wish I had done that differently. And so uh, we already talked about number one. Number two is one that really sticks out to me. Uh, and it's, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And when I read a little bit of like an article on this with the lady that had written this book, she was a nurse. She said this is something that she heard almost unanimously from men, especially. And that makes a lot of sense to me because I think um, just just kind of off the top of my head, I would say that most guys want to do something that they feel very competent at. And most guys, I'm not saying all, um, but I would lump myself into most guys, don't feel very competent at emotions and, you know, sharing your feelings and things like that. Uh, but one of the things that work provides, it's a, is it, it's a way of kind of saying, I'm good at this, whether it's being good with your hands, good at a task, good at leading people, good at sales, whatever it is, it's, it's something that you're good at, um, that you feel competent at, that you that you can kind of throw yourself into, and not face frustration or failure as easily, maybe. And so, um, when I when I think about, I hadn't worked so hard. I think that's as they're getting to the end of their life, especially you know, as as you retire, like when work goes away, what are you left with? Right? Is it a hobby? Is it a relationship? What What is it that you're left with? And so I think life has a way of kind of narrowing us out where the things that don't matter as much as we get older, the things that do matter, the things like love and mm -hmm. um, caring for other people uh, take a front seat, whereas uh, it was a lot easier when you're in the fast lane of a career to kind of put it in the back seat. Mm -hmm. um, I, it makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know if I'm making any sense as I talk about it, but uh, what, what, what do you think about that, Jess? Um, well, when I think about it, I tend to dissect it and wonder if people are saying, I wish I didn't work so much, or I wish I didn't work so hard. 
um, right? Yeah, the, what yeah. What that really means. I think everybody wants to work hard, but right. I think you're right. It's probably more the work so much, like throw hours and hours and hours uh, yeah. at it. Maybe I think we're you know we're kind of raised to work hard. You know, like it instill a good work ethic in people. So I don't think that's necessarily probably what people are saying. Of course, you know, people who worked 80 hours a week and never spent time with their family would regret working so hard in the sense that they worked so much. But I think probably what the heart of it is, is um, work so hard, what you were chasing in that, what you were trying to prove yeah, and how it was kind of, you didn't get the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. So what's the pot of the gold at the end of the rainbow? Is there a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow or is it just an illusion? I think it depends. I think that we always, um, you know, turn to the easier thing to find what it is that we're really looking for. You don't we all do that every single day on social media? You know, like click, click, you know, quick dopamine hit, you know, basically. And it's satisfying. Um, it temporarily satisfies what we're really looking for, which is a sense of purpose, a sense of meaning, a sense of, uh, I'm talking about work here, but a sense of leaving a legacy, leaving an impact that outlasts your own life. So how can you do that at work? I mean, I I guess you would want to make sure that uh, work that you're doing is meaningful Mm -hmm. to you. It's not just something that you're punching a clock. I mean, I'm grateful for people that do that that because they're trying to take care of their family and making sure that uh, the people that they love have what they need and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, do you always need that from work or can you get that from other places if you are just punching a clock or something? Yeah, I think ideally we would get it from work. Um, work in and of itself has meaning if you give it meaning. You know, anything that you, any job that you do, you can assign meaning to it and realize that, um you know, it is having an impact. It's helping other people directly or indirectly. It might not be the ideal thing that you want to be doing, but you're helping others and you have a chance to help your coworkers. So yeah, I think it's all about your, your frame of mind, what you assign to it. Yeah. I I like that. You're, You're saying that you get the opportunity to assign meaning to it. I think that's something that I think I've heard you talk a lot about this over the last couple of years. And I think that's something that we all get so easy into Mm -hmm. is that we actually live in the passenger seat of our lives. Yes. Yeah. And that relates to number one, the living a, living a life true to yourself instead of what others expect of you. So many of us are letting other people's expectations be in the driver's seat of our lives. Um, But just in another way, maybe with work, you know, like we, we tend to look at life as happening to us instead of happening for us. That's one of my favorite things. You know, what if life isn't happening to you? What if it's happening for you? Um, and if it's happening for you, then you get to find the meaning in how is this for me? Yeah. It's a whole idea of self-efficacy that mm-hmm. all of us need power and control over our own lives mm-hmm. uh, to be able to feel fulfilled, mm-hmm. would you say? Yeah. Yeah. Another, another quote, and, and I might be getting the source of it wrong. Um, I think it's Maya Angelou, but um, it's, if you don't like something, change it. And if you can't change it, then change the way you think about it. That's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so really a lot of it, do you, do you think it's just mind games that we've got to begin to overcome or just mind brain patterns that we've created in our lives that we're, we're fighting against? Yeah. I think all of us have, um, 
those, uh, the, the thing that I'm seeing in my mind, I'm not doing a good job at probably putting it into words right now, but it's like, you know, when you uh, drive through your yard or grass or sand and it leaves kind of those tire treads in it. And, or when you walk in through the snow and it's, you start to walk through the same spots in the snow that somebody already put an indent in there because it's just easier. Um, that's what our brains do constantly. It's just a loop that we just automatically default to that same story that we've told ourselves our whole life or maybe the story that was created for us by, you know, intentionally or unintentionally, well-meaning or not by our parents or authority figures in our lives. And we just kind of tend to go straight back to those things all the time. But we don't have to. We can forge a new um, path in our brains, but we always have those, those things. Um, you know, what you said about, uh, guys in particular having a hard time saying, I wish I hadn't worked so much. Of course, there's so much stuff wrapped up in that. And, and, um, you know, I think guys are also really drawn to competition and stuff like that. Um, but there's been, there's been many times that I wish I hadn't worked so hard in the sense of, um, not so much, but, in what I was trying to accomplish that was unhealthy by mm. me working. Um, so for me, two things that I do with work is proving and numbing. Mm. So proving, I like to get praise. You know, but that's just, especially from an authority figure. You yeah. know? And so I won't go into my therapy session right now of how that came about, <laughs> but it's something that I know about myself. Yeah. And so if I can do something great at work and get, get approval from it, from my boss, that's an awesome feeling. Um, and so uh, that's what I'm proving. I'm trying to prove my self-worth in that situation. Um, and numbing also, you know, like you said, if you feel competent in an area, it's so much easier to go do that thing than to lean into the area where you feel incompetent, even though you know that that's going to give you so much more fulfillment. Yeah. I, I, that, that's, that's been me this year. Like I've been, uh, my whole, uh, kind of theme of this year is self care. And I've been trying to read people like Brene Brown. And, uh, I read a book on like validation because I don't know those of you that are listening, if you're like me, but, uh, just found myself with my wife, my daughter, pretty much so many people around me just always kind of going, yeah, but this is what you need to do or something like that. Instead of just learning to like validate somebody's feelings. Like I read that book and I know that for some people, like you said, that uh, people pleasing uh, comes easy to me not to not worry about it. But for me, like validating somebody's feelings seems like the most impossible task. I read this like <laughs> simple 150 page book and I'm like, oh, so that's how I do it. And, I, and I've been finding myself catching myself quite often in uh, conversations. I'll say, blah, 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 blah. And I'll go, crap. No, what I mean is, oh, I totally, I, I'm so sorry to hear that you're feeling that way mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And so. Yeah, that's definitely your mental groove. It's yeah. Just a, yeah. It's that tire track that I've, mm -hmm. that I've worn. Because you know what? Like, I don't have to be bad at emotions or like validating or something like that. Um, I'm not going to be a great counselor or something like that, but, but I can be better and I can continue to, to get better and to, to build new grooves into the mind there. And so mm -hmm. that's just one of the ways I'm growing right now, I guess. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. So we talked about the first two. What if we, let's talk about one more of these. 
Um, let's talk about number five, because I've heard you say a lot about it over the last year. And it seems to have a lot to do with mindset like we've talked about. But um, number five says, I wish that I had let myself be happier. Mm-hmm. Would you talk a little bit about that, letting yourself be happier? Yeah. Yeah, I think we all, again, I think that that's kind of like a mental groove for a lot of us is that um, we think we always think when this happens, I will be happy. Yeah. And then you get that thing and you still don't feel happy. Yeah. Because now life you, still sucks. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's not the circumstances. It's you. Yeah. Um, you need to, to work on your own capacity for happiness as opposed to thinking that it's going to come from some outside thing. Um, what's that quote? It's like, you don't see the world as it is. You see the world as you are. Yeah. I forget who said that. I don't know if anybody knows who said that. It gets gets thrown (laughs) around so much, but it's such a good one. It's so true. Yeah. Um, and I think I found this for myself. Um, in weight loss. Uh, and, uh, and I think a lot of people uh, probably have experienced this as well, but you think like, oh, you have this fantasy of how your life is going to be so much more amazing and you're going to be happy once you reach that weight or once you reach that size and then you get to it and you actually don't feel that happiness at all yeah. um, because you've spent the entire time losing weight, hating yourself, and then telling yourself, oh, I'm going to love myself when I'm finally worthy of love, which means this to me. Um, so, yeah, you can't just flip a switch and instantly be happy. Right. It's something that you build. It's like a skill that you build. Um, and I, I know I struggle with this. But I think that um, it was uh, Brooke Castillo's The Life Coaching School podcast. And she did this great episode called The Capacity to Have. And it really stood out to me because she talked about it as a skill that we can work on, but it kind of goes along with the weight loss or maybe um, you have a goal for yourself of, I want to make this much money per year or uh, whatever it might be. Um, And then you get to that thing and you still don't feel at all what you thought you were going to feel because you don't have the skill of the capacity to have. And a lot of us, it, it stems from feeling unworthy um, or it stems from feeling guilty in some way or another. Maybe you have struggled your whole life. You've, maybe you've been poor your whole life and all of your family is poor. And then you finally do, you work your butt off and you get to that thing that you wanted, but then you instantly feel guilty. This happens with lottery winners a lot, by the way. And, and so they'll instantly just start giving, giving money away. Um, because they don't have the capacity to have. They don't have the capacity to actually just sit with it and enjoy it and and start to see themselves differently. Hmm. Um, they feel unworthy, or a lot of us, when we get the thing that we thought was going to make us happy, we feel imposter syndrome. Um, like, who the heck am I to be doing this? Who the heck am I to have this much money? Who the heck am I you know, to be this size? Or just whatever it might be. Um, and then I think the other the other thing that really prevents us from happiness is this like scarcity mindset of we think like, oh, 
well, this is as good as it's ever going to get. I know we mm. talk about this a lot. Yeah. This is as good as it's ever going to get. So I, I probably should just really enjoy it because it's going to be gone fast. Yeah. <laughs> of course you can't enjoy it. If you have that mindset, you're going to be holding it, grasping it tightly. And that's really fear more yeah. so than happiness. But it's I like think, grasping sand. Yeah. We struggle with that. We just think that the other shoe is going to drop. And so therefore we can't really enjoy it. Yeah. Hmm. So have you tried to overcome some of that? Um, I mean, it's, it, it's really hard. You know, I, I, I can't say that I, that I have the, the market cornered on it. Um, you know, we love to watch the office and just the, that episode where, uh, Andy's music career is finally taken off and he's, he's leaving the <laughs> office to go pursue his music career. And he says something along the lines of like, I wish you could know that it was the good old days when you're in the good old days. Yeah. Um, and it, it, I mean, that is just kind of an interesting psychological phenomenon that we tend to actually find more happiness in something once it's gone. Like we've gone on, you know, vacations or whatever, and you tend to, you, it's just weird. People enjoy something more like leading up to it, yeah. like the buildup of the anticipation of it happening. And then you have the experience itself, like a vacation. And then you have the memories that take place after, and you kind of find yourself enjoying the anticipation and the memories more than the event itself but you're cussing your way through disney world <laughs> yeah with your kids and stuff like that and then you look at the pictures like two years later and you're like oh that was so great let's have another baby <laughs> yeah that's awesome well i'll tell you what let's let's end that here uh, I'm going to ask Jess to, uh, at the end of this week, uh, for our Friday challenge, give us a challenge, kind of uh, speak about some of her passion and then give us a challenge. But uh, for today, let's uh, finish this interview. Thank you, Jess, so much for being a part of this, uh, to be at our 100th and 101st episode for you to be uh, the guest, I think is a real honor for me. Thank you for doing that. Absolutely. I'm happy to do it. It's been great. So you can connect with Jess at theketofit at gmail.com. You can email her or check her out at www.theketofit.com. Uh, she has a Facebook, uh, Instagram? Nope, no Instagram, just facebook.com slash theketofit. Facebook.com slash theketofit. And so um, I hope that you will check her out. Um, and uh, I hope that you... Begin kind of on your journey of living a life of no regrets because, man, all you got's today. And if if you want to be that person tomorrow, start today. Do something. Do something small uh, to to live a life of no regrets. And so, uh, I've really enjoyed this. Thank you, Jess. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed it too. You've been listening to Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. I'm your host, T.J. Reed, and we will see you back here on Friday. <music>